Now entering the Bitcoin Podcast Network. Welcome to the Law and Blockchain Podcast, hosted by Amy Wan, CEO of SageWise, a safety net for smart contracts and consultant for Security Token Academy. Hi, this is Amy Wan, your host for the Law and Blockchain Podcast. And today we have a special guest, Ken Moyle. He is the former general counsel of DocuSign. I'll let him introduce himself in a second. But obviously, as you can tell today, we are talking about e-signatures on the blockchain. So Ken, welcome. Thanks for having me, Amy. Absolutely. We're very excited to have you. Ken, do you want to first introduce yourself to the audience? Sure. Well, I am a lawyer, uh, but don't hold that against me uh, because uh, I've been working with uh, startups uh, in, in the technology space for uh, my, my entire career uh, as an in-house counsel and uh, prior to that I was in uh, sales and sales management so uh, definitely have our, I'm on the business side of things and um, uh, was as Amy as you said the general counsel of uh, DocuSign for nearly 10 years uh, back when we were trying to get the, the ball rolling with e-signatures and met with a lot of resistance and confusion very much like uh, we're dealing with today with blockchain. Fantastic. So let's set the stage real quick. Can you give a general lay of the land in the e-signature space um, now versus when e-signatures were first coming out? Sure. There's a lot of similarities actually between uh, what we were dealing with back in the early 2000s or mid 2000s with e-signatures. Um, like I had mentioned, there's were lots of resistance, uh, lots of confusion, lots of fear of technology. Um, it may not, may sound quaint now, but the concept of of executing a contract online was pretty foreign to uh, a lot of people, and the attitudes and the legal uh, framework for um, supporting that was still in the early early stages. Um, even though we had a uh, a general um, overlay statute called the eSign Act uh, and several state statutes that supported it. Um, there were still, you know, you still had to deal with people and people have different ways of uh, doing things and are resistant to change in a lot of cases. So um, here we are today, uh, you know, almost 20 years later, and we're sort of dealing with the same type of issues. We've got um, folks that are resistant to change. We've got um, responses in the the state legislatures and even the federal uh, government in Congress uh, who are have maybe a tenuous understanding of the technology and um, are running about making laws anyway. And sometimes those laws do more harm than good. So a lot of times it requires not only a legal understanding, uh, but uh, some, some lobbying ability and some education um, outreach to, uh, to make the uh, row a little easier to hope. Very interesting. So, um, so here's the 8,000 pound gorilla question for you. And it's the crux of today's show is e-signatures, you know, done on the blockchain better than just traditional e-signature, um, you know, without any sort of hashing on the blockchain and and why? Well, I, I think if you look at the general, uh, 
you know, undergirding of blockchain, it is a digital signature, it's cryptography. Um, um, and digital signatures have been the, you know, undergirding some of the uh, early concepts around um, electronic signing and uh, executing documents uh, going back to the 90s. So um, using um, digital, what we call digital signatures um, outside the blockchain context, I think had um, sort of a tough start and a tough road. Um, in terms of usability and I think usability is going to be the key to taking a signature from you know the current sort of simple electronic model that we have now and making it a, a, a digital signature a blockchain based um, paradigm work um, there's going to be a need for a lot of user experience redesign um, um, consumer education and um, again, bringing folks along and making it much easier to use than, than I would posit that it is today. Interesting. So user experience is going to be very crucial. I, I mean, my opinion is that people shouldn't even know that they're using blockchain, right? It should just be that front-end, really great user experience. And then to the extent that you need to... Um, you know, authenticate the document, again, you, you should never have to learn how to code or anything like that, right? Absolutely. And, and in order to get that get to that point, we're going to have to have people learning to code that maybe didn't before, like lawyers, for example, or at least have that ability to cross that, that uh, magical chasm between uh, legal marketing and, and uh, the, the, the technology folks to be able to really come up with uh, ways of, of uh, making all that stuff work under the surface uh, and making it, uh, uh, you know, transparent to the, uh, to the user. So then, you know, assuming that we can get the user experience there, um, why would, you know, e-signatures on the blockchain be any better? Like what are the advantages? Well, I mean, the advantages obviously are the immutability, the uh, evidentiary uh, components that are um, involved in, in proving out a signature in the event of a dispute or repudiation. So um, the, the way that uh, digital signatures were intended to work was to be able to defeat that repudiation. And of course, um, technology always advances and, and um, gives folks uh, you know, new ways of, of getting around the commitments that they've made or um, and new ways of, of basically uh, um, tainting evidence. So, um, Blockchain, its immutability and its transparency is obviously helpful in, a, in an evidentiary context. And then uh, eventually you'll find that um, I think more and more standards and uh, legislation will start dictating that uh, a blockchain be used uh, in order to, uh, to, to have sort of a, a decentralized uh, consensus on wh what actually happened. Yeah, so let's break that down a bit. Um, I think what you're talking about is, you know, the other day, for example, I e-signed something on, I think it was like Adobe PDF or something like that. But um, there is nothing stopping me from printing that out and maybe, I don't know, adding a, a one or zero to, you know, $1,000 contract and suddenly, you know, it's a contract supposedly worth 
lot more or, you know, somehow doctoring the document. Um, traditionally, uh, and it seems like, you know, technology has caught up to allow people to, uh, you know, taint these, these, these documents, even though um, we have e-signatures today. Is there anything that the e-signature industry today is doing to combat any of that? Oh yeah, I mean, I, I think you know most of your your basic e-signature services are using a hash mechanism for uh, being uh, you know to detect any kind of um, in, in disruption in the integrity of the document. So I, I think that's kind of uh, done and done. Um, you know, I, I guess the issue is that there's always, you know, beyond just be, be able to, you know, alter a document after after the fact, I think it's an issue of, of being able to trust the process by which these um, document integrity principles are upheld. And, for example, if you've got an e-signature process that is homegrown by one of the parties, naturally that party is going to be, uh, have to defend their process in the event of a dispute um, because they're the fox guarding the hen house. It's their product, it's their software, it's, you know, and it's their storage mechanism that's being used. Um, similarly, you know, a, a blockchain can be, take that sort of centralized or um, controlled model and decentralize it and, and give it some more of a democratically um, determined way of, 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 of consensus on whether the document is, uh, is actually a, a genuine document or not. And using the same type of, and probably more robust type of, of, of uh, a cryptographic signature. From what you've seen, how often does um, the trust process or you know, the alteration of documents, how often does that become an issue? I think the issue, it, it becomes an issue often in disputes and attempts to repudiate. And, you know, it, with, in a signature dispute, you're going to get, you know, one of several arguments. One is, um, it wasn't me who signed. You didn't properly authenticate me, and it could have been anybody. Um, that's not what I signed. Um, this, is the doc, this is the document. Um, I signed a document, but it wasn't this document. You, you need to be able to prove that. Um, or it, uh, um, this, this uh, document, uh, I signed it, but I didn't intend to sign it. it you tricked me into signing, it, into signing it, and I didn't know I was signing something. Those are the, the typical consumer arguments um, in repudi repudiating documents. Um, and uh, so that's the framework from which we, we, we go after this. And, and, and basically, it is an evidentiary question. And the more you can do to back up, um, you know, rebuttals of those arguments, the better off you are. So let's talk about um, evidence for a second and the authentication of evidence. Um, how is how are documents authenticated today? If there's like a an e-signed document, and the next question I'm going to ask you is, you know, how might that process be different to the extent blockchain is involved? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, it, we, we already dealt with the, the, the kind of the pain of an evidentiary process that was based in paper and going to electronic. And a lot of uh, early on when we were you know, dealing with electronic signatures and digital signatures, 
um, litigators would say, well, I don't have any way to authenticate this uh, in evidence. Ken, are you there? Yes. I don't have any way to authenticate this in evidence. Um, and therefore, um, you know, I can't use electronic. The, the fact is that the tools available. Yeah. So we, we dealt with this issue before uh, in the context of, um, you know, comparing how we would authenticate a paper document versus how we would authenticate an electronic document way back when, you know, litigators would always tell us that, uh, well, you know, I know how to authenticate, um, a, a, a paper document and a, and a signed document. I don't know how to authenticate and prove out an electronic record because I can't prove with the tools that I have who signed it and how it was preserved. Um, and of course, that's an argument that is easily defeated um, because the tools available for proving out a digital signature are much more robust uh, and much more definitive than uh, paper records. So take that to the next step. And that is, you know, now that we uh, are accepting electronic records as evidence um, and being able to authenticate them under the business records exception to the hearsay rule, uh, you have uh, the ability now to. Um, again, walk a finder of fact through the process by which uh, a blockchain signature is um, is both authenticated and how the record, uh, most importantly, how the record is uh, now immutable and part of a of a non-changeable record. So, but it's going to be a challenge. Yeah. So I was on um, a couple of e-signature platforms last night, just kind of looking this up, and it seems like you know, when there is some sort of authentication, uh, you know, evidentiary dispute, um, that a lot of these platforms, they'll provide, you know, maybe some sort of certification of completion or something like that. Right. Um, are you aware whether the, a lot of these e-signature platforms, whether they ever get subpoenaed for, um, you know, uh, for, for like the actual, document itself do, do these companies actually keep the original copy of the document and how do they handle all these document authentication requests i mean yeah. the sheer yeah. scale must be insane yeah that's a that's a great question and and actually the the number of disputes that arise through these e-signature systems is amazingly low um uh, just and again, there's no one source of that information other than you know anecdote. But if you talk to the folks within these companies, you'll find that they're very infrequent uh, requests for information, uh, either subpoenas or um, requests uh, from the court to to basically uh, provide uh, some testimony, either written or oral. Um, as to the mechanism by which these third parties process documents. Um, whether they say the document or not is up to, you know, the individual user. Um, what is kept as part of the record is the, um, as you call it, a certificate of completion or the, the, the summary, the history, um, and the process by which the document was, was uh, put through signing, uh, preparation, and storing. Um, and there's, of course, a normally a hash function or some sort of pointer to be able to tell, um, you know, what the hash of that document looked like so that you could recreate it if necessary uh, using the hash algorithm. So 
what do you think can make the e-signature industry today better? What are incumbents not doing? I think they need to basically look at the what the future holds for uh, a, agreement, how parties are going to be doing business uh, online, and realize that, again, the, the act of physically signing things uh, with a script signature is probably going to become, again, a quaint anachronism. Uh, someday we're going to be doing it in a much more um, you know, simplified way, and that's going to happen gradually. But um, if we're not moving towards a process by which uh, we're adopting new technologies, um, whether that be biometric um, authentication technologies or um, blockchain-style storage technologies, uh, you know, there's, there's going to be disruption. Uh, and there's always disruption, and uh, so the the players that are you know currently leading the pack uh, need to be aware that, um, that they need to keep innovating. Fantastic. Um, there's a couple of projects out there today that are developing blockchain powered e-signature solutions. What advice do you have for them? Uh, keep it simple. Keep the uh, user experience top of mind. Um, one of the, the, I think, observations I have within the blockchain uh, ecosystems right now is the fact that we're very, very uh, heavy on technology and we're pretty light on usability. And, and if you look at the most successful e-signature uh, products um, out there, they have you know, a, a laser focus on the user experience. Um, they want it to be compliant, but they also want it to be easy. And uh, right now, I would say that suggests that uh, Great. most blockchain um, things aren't, aren't easy. So for those of you who are listening, SageWise has actually uh, put out a release of BlockuSign, which is our version of blockchain-powered e-signatures, mostly because, you know, in building out our dispute resolution infrastructure, we thought, oh my gosh, how do you, how do you even sign any of this, right? So um, we'd love for you guys to go take a look. It's blockusign.com, B-L-O-K-U-S-I-G-N.com. Ken, how can people find you? How can they get in contact with you? Uh, I'm at Twitter at uh, Moylken, M-O-Y-L-E-K-E-N. Um, and uh, you can also reach us at k6partners.com. That's K, letter K, number six, partners.com. Uh, and you can always find me on LinkedIn under Ken Moyle. Fantastic. Thanks so much for joining the show. Thank you. Bye, Amy. Bye. 